good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 322 of The Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I'm Florence Ion, and I just made an audible face because I looked over to my left, and the non-Google speaker is showing me that there's a Flaming Lips concert happening soon, and I'm like, why are you reminding me of this right now? That is not necessarily relevant to my interests. That's that's why every single well, it's just, smart it is speaker... relevant. I mean, you think I don't want to go out into oh, okay. the Sorry. into the world right now? It is relevant in that sense. I already saw the Flaming Lips live, Andy. Excuse me at Google I/O. Um, was it 2018 <laughs> or 2019? Thank you very much. <laughs> See, so that, that that is one of the that's one of the side effects of being in our business. <laughs> that if like if we're at a party and people talk about like oh what concerts have you seen? I said oh well uh, I see I, I saw the Foo Fighters um, and I also saw like you two yep. and I'm like oh my god you like and I have to say that no, no no I didn't spend an entire weekend traveling to an arena I went to a press event uh, at Google or at Apple and they hired- someone paid me to file five hundred. 500- words meticulously chosen words about this yes. very event that um i they gave me a concert it's i i guess you could call it the perks of the job no no I, you would definitely call it the perks of the job because i'm the, the the foo fighters are probably the only band left where i've you go through the if you make a list of all of the garbage you have to go through in order to see like a band live <laughs> Starting with, okay, uh, a $72 ticket with $800 worth of surcharges. Sounds good to me. Uh, Ending at like a wonderful, like two and a half, three hour concert that takes you like eight hours of like traffic to get to and like eight hours to give that they're the only you're, band you're that, not selling me on concerts anymore well see that's that, that's the thing it's it's like and i realize that it's because like if i were still in my 20s maybe i'd still be into it so that's why it's like how about i'm not gonna i think it's great that i got to see my favorite band foo fighters in like a, a, a small theater of like 800 to a thousand people people who are not going to be like the woo people who are like, hey, wait, here's a quiet moment during the song. I should shout woo right now because therefore I will be heard by. And then afterward in the demo area, I get to say, I get to say to Mr. Smear, Mr. Smear, I'm a very big fan of you and your bandmates work. Please continue it on the trajectory that you're on because you keep doing exciting and wonderful things. I did not get to uh, say hello to Dave. Dave was talking to Tim Cook, but Tim didn't introduce me. That's fine. He, he can do what he's um i'm an i love you gal just so everybody knows when it gets quiet i shout i love you at <laughs> my loudest i just want him to know i love them yeah. i've been supporting them on spotify since they were just 15 listeners and they should know that oh guys the uh, world is weird yes. the world is weird well the world the world was pretty weird like earlier this week we had uh, uh, uh hurricane Henri. Which, How did that go? You were like documenting it and I was kind of worried about you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you were posting a picture of like people being okay. <laughs> yeah. And in summer clothing. So it, it was not cold. Apparently. I was, I was pretty worried too, because there's like in uh, lots of parts of the country, certainly the world, but we're in the United States. I New York United flooded, States, right? Uh, there was some problems in New York, but uh, parts of the country, they always, you if you have this kind of weather kind of frequently, there is always that thing that the community refers to as the big storm. 
And mm. everybody knows that, oh, you're talking about that hurricane from 1930 that pretty much decimated the entire town. And you pretty much had to rebuild the entire thing after that. And so but this is like a coast, as again, it's a charming, touristy coastal village, which means it's right on the coast. And for most of the predictions of the storm track for Henri, which was they didn't know whether it was going to be a tropical storm or if it was going to be a full-blown hurricane, it merited a name in either way. And unfortunately, I had to, it was one of those storm tracks where you keep zooming closer and closer because when it's at like the big, like the, the thing they post to Twitter, it's like, wow, that looks like it will be... I don't know. I'm certainly within like that band of the track. And then you go to the actual natural weather service and it's like, wow, from this really wide zoomed out place, it looks like it's headed, headed directly for my town. But I'm sure when I zoom in, okay, well, I'm sure when I zoom in further, okay, I'm sure that when I zoom into the ultimate maximum, okay, it really is. God is really sending a message to me personally because the storm track, fortunately, by the time it actually hit, it was like thir- it swung 30 miles like to the west and also downgraded to tropical storm the on, the weirdest thing about it though is that um so i uh, over the past few years i've gotten to know like most of the people who run businesses in my neighborhood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so <laughs> and they don't they don't live uh, like right in the middle of the neighborhood as i do so i was getting direct messages like all morning long saying uh so i i heard a rumor that the streets flooded out and there's no electricity and like the, from like the, the the deli across the street like could could you how's how's my shop and i would have to like look out my window and say Right now, there's uh, uh, there is a middle aged woman walking a Yorkshire Terrier in front of your store on the sidewalk that is has some rain on it, but is not really flooded. I wouldn't really sweat it, but yeah. So once an hour or so, <laughs> I would take a little walk around the neighborhood just to s- put people's minds at ease. Actually, it really came close uh, to being to being a major bummer because there was a down power line that the reason why people got kind of stressed out was that they heard that like this one of the streets in the neighborhood was like closed off because it was flooded out it turned out that mm-hmm. there was just a down power line like at a certain juncture in the street that, that's why that they killed a it. woman in desperate housewives okay that killed a woman in desperate housewives so that's that's how nicolette sheridan lost her uh that's how she went out on the show. So whenever I think of the down power lines thing, it's it it's a real concern. You can well, electrocute to death in a soap opera or in real life. It's an it's an interesting theology on television because when you say here it seems like glib and shallow when you've lost a loved one and someone says, I'm sure she's gone to a far, far better place. On television, you're saying Oh, well, I'm sure Nicolette Sheridan is now free to take roles in feature films or to actually anchor her own primetime drama. So she's likely in a better career place after this. But so, but uh, great. So, now I, I feel insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so I dodged a bullet because. The uh, my half of the street is perfectly fine. The the further on down half of the street is still like has some power and like internet problems. So whereas I spent the entire day again taking little exciting walks, uh, even in the hardest part of the storm, it was mm-hmm. just like exciting video that I was taking. Uh, the <laughs> the my biggest worry was like in the the hours before uh, the 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 storm hit, it was like oh well, well I might lose power later on and most people in these hurricane crises I want I need to make sure that 
uh, that I've got like the uh, the universal uh, the unearthable power supply set up. I want to make sure that I've got like things uh, ice extra ice in the fridge so in case we lose power. My thought was I should make sure I download every episode of Ted Lasso I haven't streamed yet so that if I do mm. lose power and internet I can still binge watch Ted Lasso tonight. So not exactly the pioneer spirit that my forefathers would have been praising me for. But Listen, I'm just glad okay. I'm just I'm just glad that you didn't have to like deal with something that would have been potentially disruptive. Yeah, so. it would have been <laughs> I I'm being I'm I'm being funny about it, but I'm not joking. On my my building, on my building, there is a bronze plaque <laughs> with a line on it, like that's about waist high, saying, Oh, by the way, this is where the water line was during the big horrible hurricane. Said, so, okay, perhaps I shouldn't be making jokes about <laughs> Because this is this could this could have been really really bad. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, um, I want to tell you about something that's been not bad, but that's been very um, troubling for me, which is that I can't seem to catch a break on <laughs> on tech things. I just can't. Um, I finally got my new computer. It actually Yay. shipped a lot sooner than. I was anticipating, and so I was very, very happy on Monday. <laughs> and they, they were able to divert that, that chip into that children's hospital to make sure you got yours first. That's that's what industry pull. pull. I'm, I'm glad I made that phone call. I didn't ask. I should have asked you beforehand, but I mean, those kids, I mean, they spend most of their time sleeping anyway. So what were oh they going to do with a premium laptop? I have to tell you, though, I do have a slight theory, not I mean, God forbid that it's like that bad. I, I do have a slight theory that there's something rushed in this because I am having issues. So I'm coming at you right now through my Bluetooth headphones, which miraculously connect to Windows. I was not expecting that to happen. But Sony has done some software like trickery on their end to make it so that the Bluetooth actually works with Windows 10, which I wholly appreciate it. There's two separate channels, which I think is what helps because Windows 10 doesn't currently, um, ah, I forgot the app, I forgot the audio file, but it doesn't currently work with a certain audio spec. Anyway, uh, that being said, it's totally throwing me off balance. That's why I keep sounding like I am losing my train of thought because I can kind of hear myself. I don't like the way they sound. It's just like a, like I'm just feeling really weird about it. I'm kind of bothered. I am a little worried that my headphone jack isn't actually grounded hmm. in my new laptop, which is a real bummer. I tried all sorts of things. I tried all the all the methods that you do as a Windows user. You know, I scraped the drivers and installed them anew. I tried to, you know, do some registry hacks, make things just sound a little bit better. I did a couple of like A-B testing just to figure out if it was like hardware or software. I still have no idea what it really is. I just know that I can't hear out of the left side on a pair of wired headphones. So. That's disappointing. It is disappointing because laptop costs a lot of money. And I was kind of discussing it with folks in my Discord and then I was kind of discussing it with my editor because obviously I've been taking notes about this whole journey. And I kind of, you know, want to sniff along the trail and see, I wonder if this is a result of just things getting hurried out the door. It's Mm. totally an anecdotal thought. I don't have like any scientific backup for it. No, no numbers, no links, but it just feels like 
too good to be true that the laptop shipped as quickly as it did. And and then it shows up to my door and there's something kind of buggy with it. And I went, I, I, you know, Googled the issue that I'm having. Apparently the buzzing situation is something that plagues some of the Dell XPSs. So we shall see if Dell will hear my cry and come help me out because I don't really want to send the laptop back. I'd rather like, if they could just like come to me and fix it, like that would be really nice. (laughs) I would like really appreciate that. I spent a lot of money on this laptop and you know, they say that they're number, they, they advertise that they're number one in customer service. So I'm just saying I'm manifesting it out there for Dell to show me how number one they are (laughs) at treating their customers by coming to my house and fixing this issue for me. Yeah. You definitely go through a pathway in our job where it's like, okay, ah, dag, dag, nab it. Well, okay, well, this will be a good experience because I'll be collecting some information about how they treat customers during a bad thing. And mm-hmm, of course, I'm not mm-hmm. going to, I'm not going to tell them who I am. I'm just going to see how good. And then by day three, you're like, hi, <laughs> hello, hello, Dell press relations. I'm the most important journalist in the entire world with an audience in the trillions. And if you don't get this thing fixed for me in the next half hour, I'm going to invoke every privilege, both real and imagined, because I just want this really expensive thing I bought to work the way it was supposed to. I mean, look, I don't want to take it that far. I really do want to just be patient because my, you know, the reality of the matter is that there is a massive hardware shortage right now. And in order for me to get something like somebody might be rushing through something, to make numbers, mm. to make, um, to help optics. Like things aren't looking good for a lot of chip makers and hardware manufacturers right now. Like people are having a hard time buying cars. And, and I was in a, another discord, like a just totally random discord that has nothing to do with, um, gadgets. And they were talking about camping out for GPUs. Like it, it's a serious. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, and I was going to do that, but then I said, I'm not going to wait any longer. Let's just get a laptop. Let's just go this route. I can wait a couple, you know, a little longer for the PC build. It's just, look, this is a Google podcast, but when we do our chats, I want you all to know that like, I'm kind of in a fog right now. (laughs) When, when your like tech life is off balance, you know, it's, it's like dating a little bit. If something is not going well back at home, it'll, you know, start to kind of show up in other parts of your life. And I already was like brought to basically tears so many times because of my last laptop and just how slow it was and how frustrating it was like waiting for it. I'm so happy to not have to like deal with that anymore. Have a computer that can actually handle the stuff I'm throwing at it. But then I can't plug anything into it. (laughs) <laughs> and like, I'm a podcaster, man. I like dealing audio. Like, I need that. <laughs> yeah, it's it it, it does. My, I was I, I solved a. Uh, <laughs> the good news was I solved a problem with my Shield Android TV last week. The bad news is how I solved it <laughs> because uh, it was every I, I control my home stereo, like my home theater, with like a Logitech Universal Remote. And for some reason, just the volume controls stopped working, like reliably. Mm. And it was the sort of thing where if I Mm. held down the button, it would maybe inch upward or downward, but not reliably. 
and so my first so the reason why i didn't it, it, i let it go for like a number of weeks was because i'm like oh geez well okay this remote is a couple years old maybe there's like something underneath like the uh, the, the rubber pad there there's because it really does sound to me like a as as a technical expert <laughs> sounds like there's some corrosion or some blah 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 yes or or maybe okay do i have the do i have the latest drivers on this on the device and and but the thing is that it's the worst place to try to diagnose a problem because if I'm sitting down on my sofa and picking up the remote, I'm in a mind space where I have one hour to eat my lunch and relax with some movies or some music. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be solving problems. So I'm probably like put I'll probably just walk over, adjust the volume where it needs to go and walk back just so I can enjoy my sandwich. And it wasn't until last week. <laughs> I finally really just thought things through after, after I'm serious taking apart this remote that is uh, you, you you have you need a spudger it has to pop apart and it's not like it's easy to take apart put back together cleaned it with isopropyl even though the contacts look perfectly fine and it wasn't until I did that sort of like Sherlock Holmes I'm going to I'm going to, I'm going to play my violin and think through this entire thing and I realized that oh the only thing on this universal remote that the volume control controls is the actual volume control on my AV receiver, which is also the only thing that's actually being controlled by the IR blaster part of this universal remote. And that's when I walked over, took the stack of CDs that had been blocking <laughs> the IR blaster for the oh past month, <laughs> moved it slightly to the left, <laughs> and it all worked again. And... <laughs> Okay, but you see, Andy, this is the reason nobody uses IR anymore. <laughs> That's why nobody really uses IR anymore. To be to be fair, moving those CDs a, a bit to the a bit to the side was a lot less expensive than buying a brand new AV receiver that could be controlled via Wi-Fi or, or Bluetooth instead of via <laughs> IR. Yes. Oh my gosh! I'm already, I'm already I'm already spending <laughs> way too much money. I did decide to buy that Nest, door, the new version of the Nest doorbell, because if I'm going to be installing a smart lock anyway, I may as well do like extreme home makeover front door edition. And are actual, you going to be okay with? Dr- can you drill holes? Yes, I have. Okay, I, I can I can I can drill holes. Also, I, I was I'm glad that it's not just being attached via Velcro. So that someone say, oh, well, that looks expensive. I bet I can just well, pull it off the door. But it doesn't matter because if somebody grabs it, it doesn't work at all. So what Google did also, is they put like little yeah. magnets. Oh, by the way, folks, I reviewed it. Igasmoto.com. Um, I reviewed the new Nest doorbell. I'm also reviewing the other security camera, but I'm taking a little longer with that one because I want some more samples. I want a little more time yeah. with it. And, uh, oh, and I just remembered that I need to actually put it outside. But- <laughs> that said, don't have to worry about somebody stealing it. I they thought about that because they I guess they figured if this stuff is going to be battery powered, we need to make people like not afraid to put it out into the world. Well, but I see I'm I'm worried about the knuckleheads. Like it's it, the knuckleheads who like they didn't read the tech specs. Oh, darn it, I read out in Gizmodo that if I if I steal this doorbell it won't work. It'll be like, oh, "Hey, look. Punk. Hey, look. <laughs> I just got a camera." <laughs> And for, fortunately, it's not as though like this is the front door to like a heavily trafficked street or anything like that. But I mean, it was it. Uh, it I, I did decide that just as I have unusual front door, uh, not problems, but quirks 
for which uh, a video doorbell would be a good thing, such as, mm-hmm. again, I'm sitting here with you, I'm having a conversation, and there's a rapping at the door that, A, for one thing, okay, I'm not Okay, so I did not, hear that. Right. So I'm, I did I'm, hear I'm, a knock at the door. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was actually a knock at the door. Secondly, is this worth my saying... I'm sorry. Can we, can we pause here? I'll right, have to go right, because right. there is actually something I need to, as opposed to you know somebody who looks like they're kind of churchy, you know. In which case, they can please just put <laughs> put your pamphlet under the door, and I'll deal with it later on. But yeah, so uh, so why uh, do I feel like that's a good way for us to segue into chatting about the <laughs> relay of a fundraiser? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but, well, listen, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and for the third consecutive year, Relay FM, the network, is going to be supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and you can donate at stjude.org slash relay, and this year, I hear Andy, and actually I've been seeing this on Instagram, I think it's every $500 that's donated, Mike and Steven are putting pictures of each other on their respective <laughs> desks. So they're like sticking stickers onto these like beautiful wooden desks that they each own. So that when they go to work every day to sit down and, you know, look through all of our podcasts and then podcast themselves, they look at <laughs> each other's respective sticker. Down. So it's just something to consider. It's that's the motivation here. We really want to like, you know, <laughs> And really? I, I, there, there should there should be levels too. Like I'm not volunteering them for this, but like at the at the thousand for uh, if someone makes a thousand dollar donation, it'll be like a custom sticker of the other person eating like uh, 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 eating a eating like a tuna salad sandwich really really messily, and that has to be the sticker that they put in a very visible prominent place on the other person's mm-hmm. desk. I would love to see a animated rendition of that. Um, just so everybody knows, that's next month. So Relay FM Podcastathon for St. Jude is happening on September 17th from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern time in the U.S. And that's going to be at twitch.tv slash Relay FM. So stay tuned. We'll yep. we'll be and, talking more about this. And it's, I mean, it's one of the most wonderful times of the year, not only for the obvious reasons that it's fundraising for a really good cause, but also it's, it's a reminder to like us at hosts at how awesome collectively the Relay FM listeners are, because I this agree. isn't, if you know, $80 is a great donation. $80 that a, cha- a good charity doesn't have is valuable and acceptable and uh, worthy of praise. The amount of money, though, that this campaign raises every single year just shows that how deep uh, our listeners are willing to go. We, we're not CNBC, so it's not as though we're getting like 2 million people donating 50 cents each. It's like uh, a smaller audience that is willing to uh, – I, I always translate things into like how many – uh, all the times that I say I really would like to go up the street and pay like $15 for a takeout burrito dinner for dinner, but I'm not going to because that's a, that's an extravagance. And like a lot of people saying, you know what, I'm willing to take out like four burritos out of what I would have spent on myself this month to donate to St. Jude's. And that is to mm-hmm, me exactly. even, even doubly impressive. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to come back after this message. However, well, let's tell you what's, what's coming up uh, this week. We're talking about how Google is declaring its uh, ground and air supremacy and its automated robot program. Uh, we are adding an addition, uh, an, an ironic addition to the uh, Google graveyard of canceled products and concepts. And Samsung 
we're going to put this in a good light is very much staying on brand. So good, good for you, Samsung. Again, you find an identity that works for you and stick with it. Uh, and all that is coming after this message. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom from SolarWinds. If you have a website, what purpose does it serve? Whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service with a contact form. When these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business. Not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution. Transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $10 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and will alert you when cart checkout forms or login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there is a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, OpsGenie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who is alerted and how they get the notification. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. And it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you're ready to buy, use our code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and Relay FM. Well, I'm sure that uh, all of you listeners are as excited about you and I about the what seems to be an upcoming uh, uh, active uh, war between uh, between Tesla and Google slash Alphabet. Uh, Tesla is uh, deciding to fight its battles from space by having its active uh, space launchers and also its constellation of 12,000 stat- satellites uh, from which it can enforce its will. Uh, whereas <laughs> Google seems to be going for ground forces yeah. and uh, Earth air uh, forces by at- autonomous vehicles and uh, air vehicles air drones so we're going to yes. see how that how that uh, how that shooting war finally uh, finally shakes out but we do have some some news on both of those fronts right now uh, google has made what seems like a small but actually for them a pretty big leap forward in their waymo yep. program they as you know they've been testing out their autonomous self-driving vehicles for a while now and they've been moving things very, very slowly, meaning conservatively and safely. They've had a pilot program operating in Phoenix for the past three or four years. Mm-hmm. They uh, also have been offering uh, the use of Waymo vehicles to Google employees for about the past mm-hmm. year, in addition to the testing they've been doing. Dog with fooders. Actual, exactly. Uh, <laughs> in San Francisco. Uh, but now they've decided to open up San Francisco as another sort of real-world oh test area. <laughs> Okay, I'm so, I'm sorry to jump you, in. It's you've just got more because, skin like, in this game because you are closer to San Francisco than I am. So what do you think? Yes, I'm like really thinking. Okay, so I had um, I reached out to one of the reporters at the Chronicle, one of the photographers. She is on assignment, and so I was asking her how she got in. She mentioned that she's doing a story on it, so I'm assuming like they're giving some press access right now, which obviously I need to go sniff around because I am totally willing to commute out to San Francisco just to take a five minute ride on this because I have seen the autonomous vehicles automate themselves around San Francisco when I have been in my car. And now I want to be on the other side of it. I want to see how it works because I have been following Waymo and Phoenix, all the good and bad, but Phoenix is such a different driving environment than san francisco is yeah and it 
you know, that whole like small and narrow, a lot of variables that can like come out. There's pedestrians, there's muni buses, there's, um, there's a, you know, wild drivers and like everything going on. And so I'm very curious how it's going to fare in the SF market. I know. I mean, I'm very curious, but and I'm, I'm guessing that in this limited, um, definitely not super city sort of environment in Phoenix where uh, Waymo has been operated, you don't have uh, people riding bikes at warp speed and deciding that the stop signs are only for <laughs> only for gas burning vehicles. Uh, it's there's let's just say they're going to be collecting a lot of experimental data as they uh as well and to be fair like during sorry to interrupt it's just during the worst traffic when everybody's trying to get on the bay bridge and you've got this waymo vehicle that's probably just taking somebody to the bar after work <laughs> let's yep. say like that's why they would call it um how does it navigate around people who are stuck in the intersection how does it navigate around the impatience that happens around that trafficy time. So like, that's the stuff I'm yeah. really curious about because I've seen how bad it gets. Yeah. I, I feel good about how they're doing it compared to how Tesla does it, where Tesla is definitely in that move fast, break things. Let's, let's have every, let's, let's increase Literally, access to people, people moving fast yeah. in a self-driving car and being drunk. So that they have no idea what the car is doing. And then the car just, yeah. Uh, it's the, the the good news is that they are being <laughs> appropriately conservative. Uh, this mm. is the 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 sub the subheading of this story for me is Waymo good, Tesla bad, or everybody else who's doing self driving technology good, Tesla bad. I do think that Tesla is doing almost everything you would not want a, a set of researchers to do when trying to develop this technology, uh, and Waymo definitely is doing things in a very different way. And I think that's very, very positive. They have been operating vehicles in San Francisco for 12 years. Obviously this is very different when you're not, when you're talking to civilians who have just expect to get a ride from point A to point B, mm -hmm. as opposed to, Oh, isn't it nice that how, how nice we smacked into that, uh, that, uh, that, that interchange sign. And now I'm going to be delayed by 43 minutes. What great data I'm collecting for my company and my engineering product. Uh, so uh, it is available to anybody who wants to be in it con uh, conceivably uh you just have to download the waymo app they're obviously not extending it to everybody who uh who asks i, I should probably download the waymo app but, yeah. but there, know, there aren't any restrictions gonna, you don't uh, my understanding is you don't need an invite code they will just simply activate people as they feel as though uh they can activate more people or if you are for instance uh, I'm guessing that if you are someone who has a physical disability, they might be extra interested in your participation. Oh, of course, of course. Well, because that, well, that is one of the things that in their blog post they're mentioning that one of the things they really want to figure they want to make sure this is as accessible as possible. So, part of the fleet are uh, vehicles that can accept uh, wheelchairs uh, and other assistive devices. Um, so, yes, they, but for who? But for public transportation or for private transportation? That's what well, I just want to. Well, yeah. Point out about that just very quickly, because it's always fine to say you want to help, you know, people with disabilities and you want to make this accessible. But for who is it actually accessible? Sorry. Right. Tangent. So but just uh, so but also also limitations, a human driver is going to be behind the wheel at all times. So it's not going to be right in Phoenix. They do have some full auto uh, vehicles it's like an that are attendant. Going. 
Yeah, they they only in Phoenix. You, I believe that there's only a human safety driver if it's bad weather. And once again, that's just to, that's just for backup. Um, the service area is limited, so maybe their solution to the Bay Bridge on ramp problem is that they just simply won't take people uh, anywhere near there, or they won't use routes that uh, that go through there. There was uh, I did come across an <laughs> okay, independent. I'd like to see that. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm um, responding to that, not you, Andy. Of course. Um, it's a, kind of interesting. I saw an independent researcher who uh, published a heat map uh, of uh, where these Waymo test vehicles had been going. And the suggestion is that it seems to be intentionally avoiding uh, the financial district, like the east side of the of the peninsula, uh, all the way to uh, all, all the way to the uh, like uh, the touristy uh, uh, Pier One, Pier Thirty Four, whatever. In, oh, interesting. Okay, so, so they, it's it's they, staying they away the, from. Yeah, so I don't know whether that's a limitation. That that is, I think, a good move because, uh, again, as I was reading about this, and I, my head has been very much in Tesla space for the past couple of weeks because they did mm-hmm. have their big AI event last week, and they have been in the news a lot you of news that they robots? don't want to have to deal with, such as regulators saying, "Hi, why are your cars keep smacking into emergency vehicles?" We're just kind of curious about that as the government because we don't think we'd be doing our jobs if we didn't ask these questions about why ambulances are being rammed by oh you have and you've already have the hello Florence you have a, you have the app installed I did sorry I didn't sorry. mean to interrupt <laughs> no, <laughs> no I'm sorry um, I'm just all over the place tonight <laughs> that's okay um so uh they're doing so uh, the the right way to test these things out doesn't seem to be we want to develop a single piece of software that can drive a car anywhere which is mm-hmm. what Tesla seems to be trying to do even Elon Musk himself while talking about the latest version of the self-driving software saying that it's we've kind of invited ourselves in for a big bag of hurt by having instead of having one set of software for the highway and one set of software for local surface streets it's more difficult to try to get one ai to deal with both so and one of the Mm. things i think that they that waymo learned in phoenix is that a lot of this is it's it's a more achievable goal to develop and train a machine learning model to drive in this one specific air service area that you intend to cover than to try to create a cowboy edition <laughs> of the software that will drive that everywhere. Is, that is the limitation of the self-driving software at present. That's the limitation of the AI, right? It's like the best way to train it is to just is to keep it consistent because yeah. it's like straight out of a sci-fi, guys. What happens when it goes out of routine yeah, but, you know the <laughs> the other thing is that uh, maybe i'm maybe i'm influenced by having grown up in boston but my god it was, there is Don't no you guys you, yell at each other a lot no there's literally a meme on tiktok like tell me you're in boston without telling me you're in boston and it's just people cursing at each other in front of their cars <laughs> i swear most see most of the cursing <laughs> happens like during the winter time when someone like is driving looking for a public parking space and they say oh look there is a, there is a sh- completely shoveled shoveled out uh, parking space free of all snow and someone just seems to have put a folding chair in it all i have to do is get out of my car move that folding chair out of the way and i can park there and you will I won't say you will get shot, but you should be thinking that maybe you will get shot by the person who spent two hours shoveling out that parking space, who lives in that neighborhood. And there is an understanding that at least during the snow emergency, if you took the time to shovel out that space, 
you have you you have the folding chair that your father handed to you that your grandfather handed to him wow and everybody realizes that no that's josh's family's parking space you don't take it unless you want to hashtag winter things yeah exactly but uh, but the the thing is there in boston you don't have i i'm not joking I did not understand the concept of the city block until I was 14 or 15 years old. Like I'd be watching Sesame Street at like age six or seven or whatever age uh, or electric company as, oh, I'm just jogging around the block. And I'm like, what is a block? I've, I've haven't seen, we don't have streets where you go up for a while, then turn left for a while and go up for a while, then turn another left and another left and you're back where you are. It's a circle. And then there's like sort of like a triangular bit and then there's sort of a crescent bit that has another like triangular bit coming off of it and there is there there is no rhyme or reason really because these are we're talking about as uh, like a city that's almost 400 years old that started off all those every street is here is where the cows used to be walked from one place to another or here is the the reason why this is called Church Street is because in 1710 this was the road to go to church. There uh, is a, there I see is, what you mean. Yeah. So I budget about the city block. So that that's that's why I think that the uh, to the extent that even self driving vehicles are necessary, they're only the first practical version of these machine learning systems are going to be homegrown effects where they just taught this car how to drive in Boston, how they taught this car, how to drive in San Francisco. They taught this car, how to drive in Nebraska, mostly just keep going straight. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't think that you can take the San Francisco software, God forbid the Phoenix software and put it in Boston and expect happy things to happen. Um, yeah. But, but the stuff is probably going to be driving my kid around. <laughs> Of course, the other the the last thing that's kind of different between the way that Waymo was doing things and the way that Tesla is doing things is Tesla is very famous about if anything they're removing sensors from their cars as opposed to putting on them. They're philosophically, dogmatically, they think that all you need are cameras and that's it. They used to have sonar, but they decided, oh, that's a frill. Like we don't need that. Let's just take off the sonar. Whereas when you see every video, including the the, the PR videos that were released by Google or Waymo this week. This you see lidars on the top, lidars on the back, lidars on the front. It's you see very obviously a robot car, right? Exactly. They're not be they. They are stock Jaguars, as a matter of fact, that they modify, but they That's don't. Just, they are not going to be mistaken just, for a, a human. So indulgent. Vehicle. It's just it's really indulgent to me to use Jaguars. Like really, you can just get a Toyota or a Ford, just something <laughs> of the people, you know, <laughs> like a Jaguar. Well, it doesn't, okay. at least it doesn't have that that pretentious leaper on the front. It does. It does look like an expensive SUV. So, yeah, it uh, does. It does. Yeah. Well, uh, so uh. that's that's ground support. Uh, they are also flexing its muscles on air support with an unexpected PR flex about wing. This is their. This is their <laughs> like. You, you I talk- say Andy this one because yeah. it, it it's it talks about chicken. Yeah. See, this is. <laughs> I mean, this is they're 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 we're all we're all familiar with the other bets, quote unquote. And the, mm-hmm. the financial reports where this is things mm-hmm. where we have no idea if we can actually do this or if there's a money in this anywhere, but we're doing it anyway. Uh, and this is boy wing is uh, after project loon got canceled. This is wing is probably the otherest bet that, <laughs> that we all know of. So this is their uh, quadrocopter drone delivery service that they're trying to figure out. 
they've got their their so Wing is now boasting that uh, their testing program in Logan, Australia, is going swimmingly after two years of service uh, to uh, about 110,000 people within that city of 300,000 uh, are within the delivery area. And the press release has uh, filled with nice round numbers, and that's how you know that they couldn't possibly have been made up because they all no, end all. in strings of zeros. Uh, they claim that they've been making, they've made fifty thousand deliveries um, in that area. That uh, number includes ten thousand delivery cups of scorching hot coffee, which uh, Sundar Pichai could order to be dumped straight on the head of any resident at his slightest whim. Moreover. Uh, that the population is in no position whatsoever to prevent that from happening, and that overall, uh, Mr. Pichai wishes to convey an image of the terrified populace as a helpless insect <laughs> resting in the palm of uh, Mr. Pichai, uh, which is a clad in an open iron gauntlet. Uh, the press release also mentions more than 1,200 delivers of roasted chicken. Uh, and again, the subtext here is that uh, they can also uh, transport <laughs> animals of that uh, of that weight and size, uh, and that Mr. Pichai could uh, replace those payloads with angry monkeys, venomous mm. snakes, all without any difficulty whatsoever. And the uh, population would not know that that substitution had been made until the vicious animal is at their throats and the last moments of their lives are before them. Whoa. Um, the, the other good news is that they've been doing a lot. Basically, the velocity of this has been picking up. 4,500 of those deliveries happened in the first week of August uh, alone. And again, the press release points out that that's one delivery every 30 seconds during wow. available service hours. Um, and uh, Sundar Pichai didn't explicitly state that this means that he could blacken the sky with Wing's aerial deathbringers if he so chose. But again, I think being an experienced uh, tech analyst that the implication was definitely there. Okay, it was just that this was such a PR self-serving like announcement that I had to basically. I let know, the air it. but I also sent it to you because I knew that this like we had talked about this when they first started it. I think Russell was still on the show when we were talking about this because <laughs> they were testing it in Australia. And I just saw hot chicken and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I just, no, I thought to myself, I said, oh my God, people really did get dinner with this thing. Like this really happened. This, yeah. this really exists. <laughs> so that's why I sent it to you. I was like, well, I just, it's I, a thing. I, I just think that like the, it's the, the difficulty of wing is not really like the technical stuff. Although the technical stuff is like a big deal. I think it's sure. just making the case for like where this makes sense. The wing is trying to say that uh, there are isolated communities that can't receive deliveries very easily. And this is a way to reach those people. However, when it comes down, I'm thinking more about uh, shut-ins who need medication, who need mm -hmm. important supplies who are absolutely shut out because I'm guessing that in a city of 300,000 people, someone who wants a roasted chicken, they've solved that problem, uh, by not having to necessarily use an app to have one again aerially bombed upon their uh, upon their backyard. Have you tried just having chickens and then yeah. eating one? Yeah. <laughs> when you, want you know there if there's actually commercial infrastructure where they will be killed uh, for you and prepared, and all you have to do is remember to take the plastic wrap off of it before you shove it uh, into the oven. But again, I don't know what's. Again, it's it's interesting if anything comes of this. I still don't know that anything will come with it. But Wing and uh, and Alphabet seem to be very proud of this, so I'm, I'm glad that they're proud. 
Uh, so we'll be back after this. We're going to take a break, take our breath. Uh, and then we have some, again, some Google company movements. Uh, again, one of which involves throwing something into a coffin and singing nearer my God to thee as they proceed in a stately fashion towards the gates of the Google graveyard. Well, there's a there's an old saying, or at least as far as I'm concerned, that cheap irony is by far your best irony value, particularly in this economy. Mm, true. And you true. can't you can't get any cheaper irony than Google sending its own Google Health division to the Google graveyard, which is exactly what happened this Yikes, week. Yikes, Andy. So grim. That's <laughs> well, again, it's right there. It's like You're, you dressing up early for Halloween, huh? With all the, the grimness and the I'm darkness. Just, I'm just saying <laughs> that if you if you bake a fresh fragrant apple pie and set it out on the windowsill to cool right while I'm passing by and you're sending cartoon like waves of scent. <laughs> it's it's like you're saying the implication is that Andy, you're supposed to steal this pie. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to make a joke about the Google graveyard if right. you decide to cancel your entire health division. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that Google doesn't care about health unless of course it's the health of its own employees. Uh, but uh, okay, that was unnecessary, but I'm moving forward. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> Google, uh, Google's stated reason for the organizational shift is that they have no idea what they're doing and that their inability to develop a unified corporate culture prevents them from clearly defining an important goal for the company and then committing it to the long haul. Once again, reading between the lines as a seasoned tech professional, what they actually said uh, via Jeff Dean, Google's head of artificial Ugh, intelligence. This guy. Exactly. Uh, I'm quoting him here. As we've broadened our work in health across Google, uh, parentheses, search, cloud, YouTube, Fitbit, close parentheses, we have decided to move some Google health teams closer to product areas to help with execution. Bad choice of words when you're talking about health, uh, while nurturing some earlier stage products and research efforts so what? yeah so they're the the justification is they're saying that rather than having an entire division that has a central strategy for how google uh, pursues health features health uh, products health services that they're going to have the, the 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 wearables division will have health people working for the health for the wearables division people who work in search will have people who are working in health working in search so rather than a centralized policy basically these are individual fiefdoms and individual uh barons and baronesses within those fiefdoms okay i mean it's uh it's, given how much success apple is having with its own health initiative one would wonder if this is not a good indication that they need to get their act together and figure out where they how they want to uh, deploy all of Google's potential for uh, towards health <laughs> health services. But okay. but why the head of AI? This is what I don't uh, understand. It, it wasn't an official statement. He was actually responding to like a news item that had come out. Also, he there was a he he was on a recent podcast in which. Uh, a, 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 a podcast about uh, health and technology. So perhaps he felt as though this was his place to to talk about it. So, I mean, obviously Google isn't terribly excited about having a proud block. <laughs> they will tell you about how they've served 1500 roast chicken dinners via a drone uh, because they couldn't be prouder about that. They're not going to say that, oh, by the way, we are dismantling an entire division that's devoted towards extending the life and the quality of, quality of life of billions of human beings. That's not a good optic. So they're not going to do it. 
Well, it's also not a good optic to have this quote in, uh, let's see, where am I looking at this? Uh, first reported Business Insider, but to have this quote in The Verge, according to Google's AI head, Jeff Dean, the same Jeff Dean that is <laughs> linked to why uh, so many women and women of color left or were unnecessarily fired from the team. It's, just, it, it's all just not good in my professional informed opinion <laughs> yeah it's it's not a good look but what what and do it, we know it doesn't we're, we're just it, independent outside observers so hey yeah but we also have seen what apple has done with its health team and that's why it's like it's ahead of the curve even samsung has its own designated health team and yeah. quite honestly i'm going to continue using samsung health because i find it to be way more useful than google fit if if so, nothing if nothing else they should have a, at least a if they don't have a division whose job it is to create and promote and nurture health projects and health products and services at least saying well instead of having and instead of having a product team for that we are having we we are establishing an advisory team that every google division that's creating a health a health related uh, product or service or is creating a service that has health implications they need the health division to sign off on this because this is where we are we're going to be paying a whole bunch of engineers hundreds of thousands of dollars to quit their roles in, in other businesses and academia to do nothing but think about the health implications and the opportunities presented by our products and services. It's weird to say we're just shutting it down and we're going to be turning, we're going to be turning the building into, into another uh, ping pong tournament venue. Ugh. I'm, I'm boggled. I'm boggled by the news. And frankly, it doesn't, uh, it's not it's a good, it's not, it's, it's not what you're hoping to hear from Google. No. Yeah. Um, wow. Speaking of, so we're going to finish up with Samsung here. Now they had some good news this week. Uh, the that were a couple of weeks after the announcement of the latest versions of their two foldables, and uh, some slightly sketchy news. Which I'm still from, liking, by the way. Still liking the flip. still liking the flip. Still flip. liking it. Still liking it. Lovely. Again, I'm I'm, te- I'm very very tempted. And again, if this report, which is I will say a little bit sketchy, I don't necessarily distrust it, but the uh, the report is citing quote unnamed industry sources. So this might be like a hustle of people who work in the industry trying to hype up success. Oh, is this of Korea Herald? Eh, it might be. Yeah, so it's, we're not talking about like a worldwide analyst who's talking about this, uh, but the Korea Herald is reporting that well over 500,000 units of the fold and flip have been reserved in the country. Um, the other good news there is more than half of those are being made by customers between the ages of 20 That's and 39. Really, yeah, so really they, good news for Samsung. That's exactly what they wanted for this. They are, they have hard eyes right now. All the executives. <laughs> I think I, I think that the the video that they were releasing about uh, how the flip works, they were definitely trying to make this into like a stylish, hot, trendy like fashion device to that people would have just because like they flip wanted phones hot. were any different back in the day. Remember <laughs> yes. all the bedazzled flip phones that people had? Come on now, I had one myself with a fake Louis Vuitton uh, cover on it. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe we're gonna anyway. maybe we're gonna see the return to the sidekick form factor where you you flick open the screen 180 degrees to reveal a keypad. That was uh, I, Andy Rubin. That was the only thing that I will ever <laughs> appreciate from you. 
we want well, we, we, we want more phones that seem to be developed with the idea of at some point in the big like whiteboard they said we have whatever the industrial design is we have to leave plenty of room for people to put on self-adhesive like diamels and and crystals on it because <laughs> our mar- our target market is definitely going to want to do that <laughs> correct Okay, well, uh, since we have some time left, we'll also mention that uh, Samsung had another exploding phone that required the evacuation of an airliner. You know, it happens. I mean, it's again, it's on brand. I didn't get served this one on TikTok. I got served the one of a woman smoking a cigarette on a Frontier Airlines flight. <laughs> Uh, front, Frontier Airlines, it's the Florida, it attracts the Florida man of, of air just travel. Just straight sure. up smoking a cigarette. <laughs> I paid for uh. my ticket. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> what are you going to do? Send air marshals on to drag me off the flight or something? Yes, the air marshal came. I'd like came to see and, that. And the air marshal was not wearing a mask around his nose. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Uh, well, again, if, for those of you who think that uh, another exploding Samsung phone, again, uh, creating the need to uh, activate the emergency escape slides on a uh, airliner filled with 129 passengers and crew who are then evacuated. Uh, well, again, we got time. We'll get into this. Oh, uh, they actually evacuated this one? I didn't yeah. read that far. I thought they just so, came and took the phone away. Uh, joking, joking is... Oh, well, <laughs> they took the phone the hell away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the person who took it ran with it and then threw it someplace. Uh, okay, joke, uh, enough enough joking. It's an Alaskan Airlines flight that fortunately had already landed at Seattle. It was waiting for okay. clearance to taxi to the gate when, uh, according to another passenger, two rows away, a passenger's uh, phone ignited, started throwing sparks and smoking. Another passenger described the effect as, quote, like a smoke machine, unquote. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the flight crew acted very swiftly. Uh, with a fire extinguisher and a battery containment bag, ah, which okay, is now okay. standard issue. Um, however, it, of course, there's <laughs> enough of the hazy conditions. <laughs> there were hazy conditions inside the cabin, so they decided to deploy the the the, the, the fastest way to get people calmly off the plane was deploy the life sli- the life slides the and slide, just get get right? people off there. Uh, two people Wee. were taken to area hospitals with what apparently were minor injuries. Um, Seattle police said that there wasn't enough of the phone left to identify it. However, the passenger who owned it said that it was at one point a Samsung Galaxy A21. That's a uh, but yeah, budget. Yeah, that's a budget phone, 250 bucks. Actually, a very nice phone. Um, I mean, the good news is it was launched in April of 2020. It has not as yet been noted for its proclivity towards detonation. So perhaps this was one of those situations where a phone got dropped a certain number of times and unbeknownst to the owner, you've actually now uh, created, you've damaged the, the damaged the integrity of the inside of the battery. And over I was going to say, and then they were in the plane and yeah. that high pressure on the battery. And then when it, when it landed and the person turned the phone right. back on, that's another thing I didn't think about. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's probably a one-off, but I mean, Samsung, obviously, given that, uh, for those of you who are 2010s nostalgia buffs, you'll remember the exploding Galaxy Note 7 problem of 2016. So you can yes. see how Samsung would want to jump right on this story and reass- give people the information in the context <laughs> that would reassure them that the product line is safe. Uh, the quote they're providing to all comers is, quote, at Samsung, safety is a top priority. We are aware of the situation and are conducting a thorough investigation, end of quote. So we all feel better about that. 
Um, we'll end by, uh, again, for 2016 nostalgia buffs. Uh, 2016, uh, Justin Bieber held the top two slots in Billboard's Hot 100 with both Love Yourself and Sorry. Uh, although people with different, let's just say, tastes will be happy to know that Adele's Hello ended the year at number seven that year. Um one thing that I was happy to see, number one most popular movie on 20, uh, of 2016, according to IMDb, was Suicide Squad, uh, which introduced the plucky, That's big-hearted right. psychopath Harley Quinn to a general audience. That movie is, te- is terrific. The sequel is also really, really good. It's actually for even especially for people who don't like superhero movies. Um, that was an Olympic year. The uh, Rio Olympic mm-hmm. Games, a world record in the women's hammer throw, was set by Polish phenom Anita Vladarczyk with a throw of 82.29 meters. Uh, Anita Vladarczyk, I say without any sarcasm, is one of those super, super athletes you never heard of because they have uh, they're in a very, very uh, oblique sport uh, mm-hmm. that people don't really know about, but my God, she really is phenomenal. Uh, so she broke her own record just two weeks later with a throw of 82.98 meters at a European Athletics mm-hmm. Association event in Warsaw. Uh, in the Tokyo Olympics, she won gold mm-hmm. again, uh, thus becoming the, only the second athlete ever and the first woman to win Olympic gold in this event three times in a row. That hadn't been done oh, in yeah. over 100 years. Uh, she also, I mean, get this, uh, see, again, I have to be, I have to clarify that I'm not being sarcastic here. I, I like hammer throw is one of those events that I, I wouldn't say that I have posters up on the wall, but in, in the Olympics. And of course, thanks to YouTube's algorithm, it's one of those events where if it shows up in my video feed, I'm definitely watching it because That's what you watch for the Olympics for. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's one of those events where I can understand the concept of running in a straight line really fast. I can't, I mean, I can run in a straight line really fast by my standards. I understand the mechanics of running. When you see an an athlete participate in the hammer throw, you have no idea what the first step towards learning that is. It is the most mind-boggling collaboration between brute strength, dexterity, everything you want to know um but uh <clears throat> anita was the first woman to f- throw the hammer first further than farther than 80 meters she currently holds all top 15 women's hammer throw uh results uh and she is widely and probably accurately considered to be the greatest women's hammer thrower of all time i have linked a uh, uh, youtube video of the women's finals in this event uh, from tokyo and once again w- watch these women do what they're doing just throwing this ball this cannonball on a steel cable after twirling around in a circle four or five six times faster and faster and tell me that that's clearly that that that's not that didn't happen that's clearly animation of some kind you're trying to make me think that this is a real event when clearly it isn't nope they're doing magical wonderful things So don't feel uh, bad, Samsung. I mean, again, this does seem to be a one-off. And, you know, again, go binge watch Suicide Squad. They're two really good movies if you want to put your mind beyond They're on this. HBO Max for what it's worth. <laughs> oh, Warner Brothers. Nine ninety nine. The month, Warner Brothers of it all. <laughs> yes. Part of the part of the whole universe. Uh well, that's I think is going to do it for us for this week. A reminder to once again check out uh the 
the uh, St. Jude Drive, the for uh, Ch- uh, for the Children's Research Hospital, uh, is uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. You can get all kinds of information. That's not. I think that's not starting up. We're doing a podcast a thon again, September seventeenth on twelve from twelve p.m. to eight p.m. So. Uh, it's going to be streaming live at Twitch, so bookmark that seven, September 17th in your calendars. Uh, and you can go to relay.fm for more information, for opportunities to participate, and also, as usual, uh, access to all these links that we're providing to you, access to our back inventory, the ability to send us emails with questions or comments, ability to become a member of relay.fm, which throws a couple extra bucks in our individual kitties, for which we are very, very grateful. Uh, Flo, what's coming up near near and uh, near nearby that you'd like people to put their eyeballs on uh, you know so much you can go to flowrights.tech that's my little url for my author page at gizmodo you can go to florenceion.com i still have a website with links to where you can find me on the internet and then i am reviewing the rest of the nest camera brood that's coming up we're going to talk a little bit more on the podcast at a later time um i've got some tablet reviews coming up i've got a lot you know i'm always <laughs> grinding away over here on something so someday i'll grind away on a stone Ooh, make make your own tortillas make something physical make something physical <laughs> instead of digital also you know i'll i'll say that I've, I've never been a fan of house cleaning but i've had a really really very technical week of like research and writing and doing stuff like that and that's the time where it's like i just really want to sit with a power tool and cut up this big, big, big pile of boxes into little squares that I can then put into shopping bags and take out with the recycling because I will be, I will start the day with my living room filled with boxes that need to be cut up and I will yes, end the day yes. with none of those boxes yes. and a full. Look at these but boxes over here. It's Look at these some, boxes. sometimes you just need something just, tangible. Can you, can you see those? Yeah, Wait, I can, I can see on. them. There you go. The boxes. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to show you my remaining pile because I've been it's falling just, behind. It's, <laughs> Boxes. Again, little another boxes one of those hazards on of our a job. Hillside, little boxes full <laughs> of ticky tacky. Uh, as for me, uh, I'm of course uh, I'm most every Fridays you can hear me at about one o'clock on WGBH Boston's NPR station talking about tech. This week it is twelve thirty p.m. on Friday. Just go to wgbhnews.org to stream it live or later. You can also stream all my previous weeklies, uh, High Tech Hoot Nannies. You can also go to Anatko on Twitter and on Instagram for more of what I'm doing, <laughs> thinking and sort of delaying actual work day by day and week to week. Go to anatko.com, technically speaking, for my blog, which I'm hoping to relaunch sometime very, very soon. That is actually stuff. I'm moving towards the goalpost on that after working on it for the past like month to make things happen. Yes. So in case you're wondering how come he has this website that hasn't been updated in quite a while, except for a September post saying that, hey, I'm re- I've got a new plan for the website. I'm working on it. It's, it's, it's a thing that I promise that will happen. Anyway, thank you everyone so much for listening to us this week. We hope you, we listen, you listen to us again next week. Until then, have a very happy, healthy, and safe seven days. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 